Welcome back to the Call on Our Shop podcast. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. We are back, episode 41. Today we're talking all about the NBA, but first and foremost, Logan, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, guys. I, I love doing this podcast. This is kind of like my therapy after the day. You know, unwinding with Austin. Austin and I record videos way too early in the morning uh, every day for you guys. Go check out the MLB videos. Maybe you're sleeping on us a little bit. But we we, we put a lot of hard work into these. So the podcast is, is, our, is our fun time. So I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I love doing the podcast because if you aren't watching our podcast, we certainly would appreciate it. You guys can always drop your questions down below in the comments of this week's podcast. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll answer your guys' questions. Whatever you guys want us to talk about it's a lot more informal than our normal videos we're straight to the point waving our nerfy flags and whatnot we're just getting into into business but we know we love doing this we're talking about the nba so let's hop into some things and you know as we record this on tuesday night uh it is 7 13 p.m eastern time between now and when the podcast goes live there could a lot of changes could happen in the nba we know there's a lot of different moving pieces whether it's kyrie irving kevin durant DeAndre, and there's all different moving pieces that we don't really know is gonna, what's going to happen. A lot could change in 12 hours. Hopefully, we'll do another podcast maybe next week talking about those different moves. But let's start with arguably the biggest move so far in free agency, Logan. Rudy Gobert being traded to the Timberwolves. What was your initial reaction to this uh, this move? I thought, it, first of all, I thought it was an interesting fit, right? Because the, the Jazz, it, to me, it kind of seems like the Jazz are – I thought they were in win now mode. So it's it's really interesting that they kind of traded away to me one of their bigger pieces. I mean, what hello Donovan Mitchell, what are you supposed to do over there now? Give the brothers some help. But now with the, with the Timberwolves, it's interesting because Carl Anthony Towns, everyone kind of clowns him for his defense or lack thereof where you know the the picture of him like like uh, getting packed down in the post ever everybody knows that meme i don't i don't need to describe it for you but having an anchor a defensive anchor like rudy gobert is really interesting now do i think rudy gobert is a little bit overrated yeah a little bit right like he doesn't do a whole lot offensively defensively though and rebounding i mean he adds a whole new uh dimension to this timberwolves defense and look i love what the timberwolves are doing i think they are now you know a, a solid you know five five c with some upside well, I kind of disagree with that. I think Rudy Gobert is one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Now, when we think about offensive game, sure, I'm not asking him to go down and start posting people up doing a skyhook like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm not asking him to do that. And that's good for this Timberwolves team. They don't need the offense. You still got D'Angelo Russell. Let's, we'll see exactly what happens with D'Lo. So Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. They got these guys that can put the ball in the basket. They're not asking Rudy Gobert to average more than 10, 15 points. But what I think Rudy Gobert, and a lot of people, you know, they clown him and they're like, oh, this guy's not going out. You know, they when they always do those defensive player of the year, you know, comparisons, they're like, this guy's not going out and guarding, you know, Kevin Durant on the perimeter. Well, yeah, that's not necessarily his role. But when you look at that off uh, that defensive team in the Jazz, where he's now obviously in Minnesota, those Jazz defenders, not all that good. They had Mike Conley, an old guy. Donovan Mitchell didn't play a lick of defense. They had Bogdanovich didn't play any defense. And they got Royce, Royce O'Neal. I'll give Royce O'Neal. He, he gets his credit. He plays defense. But you just see a bunch of guys just go right into the paint. They don't play any defense. And Rudy Gobert, uh, he was supposed to make up for all the mistakes. And he made them one of those top five defenses in the league. So I'm not really sure from the Jazz standpoint. When I'm going to talk about the Jazz first, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they're really done. We saw them trade Royce O'Neal. Try them now get rid of Rudy Gobert. And it's not like they got back star players to go along with Donovan Mitchell. Would not be surprised if Donovan Mitchell could be on the move maybe this offseason. Uh, I think they're waiting to see exactly, you know, what what the Kevin Durant haul is like. And then maybe they try to go on or maybe, you know, they're trying to find those teams bidding. I don't really don't know what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell this offseason. But moving to the Timberwolves tied, you got to look at a lot of out, upside. I mean, you obviously have those two-star players locked into their contracts for a while. I think their success is going to be tied heavily on Anthony Edwards. Now, obviously, Edwards only two years in the league. He's getting better and better each year. But 
they're expect, expecting him to keep doing that jump up, up, up. And that's what they're going to need. If this team's going to go from, you know, making the play-in game to winning in and getting into the playoffs to then going, you know, maybe a, maybe even hosting a playoff series, maybe being, you know, a three or four seed, goes on Anthony Edwards. He has to step up. And he obviously has been good so far in his career so far. But this is a guy that needs to be averaging 25 points per game and like five or six assists. He needs to be, you know, they can't be relying on D'Angelo Russell to do a whole lot. And I do like that they got this Rudy Gobert. You know, it's not like they were, I mean, the, the Timberwolves were playing a very similar deep, like offensive scheme because Jared Vanderbilt couldn't do a lick of anything on offense. So now they just got a seven foot Jared, Jared Vanderbilt basically out there. That's a little bit more of a better defender. But I really like this for both sides. Jazz is going to be an interesting one, though. You got all the picks, but what do you do with those picks is my question. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I, I think for, if you're in the Jazz perspective, it makes all the sense in the world where they're sitting right now to probably get, you know, a haul for for Donovan Mitchell, right? He's in the prime of his career. To me, like if I'm if I'm in the Jazz front office, that's what I'm doing. Just saying like what was your upside with the, you know, as presently constructed and and where could you potentially go? I, I'd use those draft picks to put them to good use, especially, like you said, the, the big domino, Kevin Durant falling. Once that one goes, there's going to be a lot of teams that are like, damn it, we missed out on Kevin Durant. What's what's the consolation prize? Hello, Jazz. Let's get on the phone. Let's let's see what, what they want for Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's what I think. Like, this has been one of the more weird NBA offseasons we've ever seen. I mean, very rarely does a guy like Kevin Durant come out and request a trade. It just doesn't happen. And then you got Kyrie Irving also not requesting a trade, but basically we're knowing he's probably on the move. And so we've seen like the last two days, just there's been like two free agent signings and they haven't been really big notable ones. So it's been a very weird offseason so far. And, you know, we'll kind of move to a different trade. We'll talk about some trades and then some signings in a little bit and some underrated signings as well. We're on another trade. It's the COS All-Star. I should be wearing a shirt. DeJounte Murray traded to Atlanta Hawks. Um, my initial thought process for this trade was, this is an interesting fit. Um, and you know, you have two guys, and I saw someone uh, posted Supreme Dreams. I don't think you know who he is, Logan, but they have an iconic clip of like where they're just pretending to be Ben Simmons. They go up and fit, pump fake and pass for a layup, and they keep passing it back and forth, back and forth. And they were pretending like that was DeJounte and Trey Young when they both had nine assists, just passing it back and forth. And it's, I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, these are two guys that are, are going to average a lot of assists. What I'm expecting for the Hawks to do, we see a lot of Trey Young off the ball. Very, you know, not Stephen Curry. Like, obviously, everyone wants to do those comparisons because, you know, they're shorter guards that shoot the ball well from three and shoot it from very deep back. But the reason that makes Stephen Curry so good, Stephen Curry so good off the ball. And that's an element of Trey Young's game we've really never seen because he's been the Hawks' primary ball man handler for pretty much the majority of his career so far. So I'm excited for this. I won't lie to you. I'm excited. I'm, I, I love to root for the Hawks. They got rid of Kevin Herter, which is an interesting deal. But I'm really excited for this. What do you think about this trade? Logan. Yeah, I, look, in, in a vacuum, I love DeJounte Murray as a player. I just, to me, it was a little bit of a head scratcher because I was like, I didn't think that was a position of need, right? That the Hawks were, were absolutely needed to lock down. I thought Trey Young being the primary, you know, ball handler that he would, that he works so well with the ball in his hands and, and you need those, those shooters around that he can dish to. DeJounte Murray is not you know, historically not, not a great, you know, knockdown shooter. So to me, it's really interesting. Now, does it sure up their defense? Yeah, of course, because having, having good defensive guards, lanky defensive guards, uh, that's, that's a, you know, a position that every team needs, you know, several, several key guys. So I, I like it from that standpoint. It just, it was just weird because I was like, uh, Trey Young, is he, is he, he's still a thing, right? Like the DeJounte Murray to me belonged more on a, on a team like New York Knicks, like a, a team that like, oh, it was a glare, it like, like it was a glaring omission. Right. And so, so just seeing him on the Hawks, I just thought it was a little bit strange fit. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting kind of fit, especially from a, a player prop betting standpoint, because you know we were just taking, mm-hmm. you know, Murray's over in PRAs every night or over in rebounds and assists, and now it's going to be completely different. I'm curious. I'm, I'm getting that itch back for some NBA player props to see what lines we get to start the year off. But you're right. It's big to have this big guard that can has like almost a seven-foot wingspan, someone that can go out and guard the best perimeter, you know, guard of the other team. That's not really something that this Hawks team had with Kevin Herter. And obviously DeAndre Hunter's a good defender, but not fast enough to really guard those, you know, big guards. So I really like the fit defensively. I think it's a good one. And I think what the Hawks had noticed is that teams are just put nine guys or not nine guys, literally, but literally all five guys are just converging on Trey. And they were like, we need some other ball handlers, guys that can make plays. So Trey Young's not getting double teamed anymore. I would argue he's probably not getting a double too much because Murray's a very good ball handler, obviously with the ball in his hands. So I really like this trade. Hawks can be an interesting team. Hopefully we see them again back. Obviously they lost the play-in game, I believe, but look, I think they're going to be back and ready to go. But let's move on to another trade. Malcolm Brogdon, and one that we weren't really expecting at least to go to. We expected Brogdon to be on the move, but to the Boston Celtics, the running runner-up to the NBA champs. What is your initial reaction to this one, Logan? When initially when I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is this is a big move. This this is a move to me that makes the Celtics kind of cement themselves right, right back at the Eastern Conference. I mean, look, they were they were in, in the finals. They needed to me. They were they kind of needed a guy like Brogdon in the finals. And you know what? Say what you want about you know the Brog dog. Yes, he yeah. Yes, he's his his game is is pretty you know out there, you know well well established. But I think that's exactly what the what the Celtics need, right? You've got you got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum. You know, still you know some uh, players that are on the come up, right? They're on, they're they're climbing the peak. To me, having a well-established veteran like like Malcolm Brogdon is what they need. Now, how does he fit in? Does he come off the bench? I think I might have saw reports that he might be a six-man type role, which I think would be even be- even better for them. Ha- giving them that that uh, off-the-bench presence to, to lead the second unit is exactly what the Boston Celtics need. I I just love the signing from pretty much every angle. Yeah, I kind of feel differently about this one. I think Malcolm Brogdon's a hell of a, ba- uh, a basketball player. I think he's very good. And, you know, the Pacers obviously don't really need him too much with Tyrese Halliburton at the front. I just don't know how big of a change this makes this uh, Boston Celtics team. Now, they still have Derek White. I'm not sure. I think think Derek White's still on the team. I haven't really checked their free agency uh, report. I think Derek White is still, uh, still on the team. But I don't really see a big difference between Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, which is why I don't think this makes them a much, much better team. We saw them. What it does, I think, in the regular season, it takes a little bit more pressure off of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. It takes more pressure out of, off those guys, which is important because those guys were playing. You could see by the end of the NBA Finals, they were those guys were gassed. I mean, Jason Tatum was firing up bricks. I mean, they were gassed. They played so many minutes all season long that it just was tough on their bodies. And these are young guys, and sure, you know, they, they have more energy maybe than the older guys playing that many minutes. But they also weren't accustomed to playing, you know, 100 and something games in an NBA season. So I think getting a guy like Brogdon will help in that standpoint. Like a guy coming off the bench, you don't need Tatum and Brown playing 40 minutes every like post or regular season game. You don't need that. You can have them play, you know, 35 and get theirs. And they're still going to be a good enough team. I just don't think this necessarily puts them like that much better. It doesn't make them a better team probably in the long run, but does it make him, you know, a championship? I just don't think this, as you should say, if Brogdon was on their championship team, they'd be, they'd win the finals over the Warriors. I don't think you can say that though. Uh, I, well, what what I do know Malcolm Brogdon does and what what probably Derek White doesn't do as much of, I, look, I like Brogdon as a defender a lot more than Derek White. Come on, let's be honest there. Like Malcolm Brogdon, he's gritty. He's he's scrappy. He's sort of got the, the build of, you know, the, the Marcus Smart type, the the dive on loose balls. That's, that's what Malcolm Brogdon b- brings to this team. 
you know, I look when when the Bucks lost him, I thought that was a big that was a big loss for them. And I think he just makes the Celtics exponentially better. You're right. Maybe he wasn't the missing piece that he needed to beat that Warriors team. That Warriors team was a buzzsaw. But I think he puts them in a really good position for this year to make a make a run at the Bucks at the at the Sixers and, and cement themselves at the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it gives them a lot of more talent, and that's and I I would argue I'm maybe sleeping on Mar- uh, Malcolm Brogdon because. We haven't really seen him. He didn't play a whole lot the second half of the year. I mean, and when he came back, he was splitting the ball with, you know, Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. So, you know, who really knows uh, what, what's going on? But, like, I I just – I'm a hopeful – you know, I, I think what you're going to see – and I was waving this because Nerfie Nation just cashed, by the way, for the people that are watching the live stream. Um, I do think that – sorry, we're just so excited for Nerfie Nation. <laughs> can you blame us? But Malcolm Brogdon is a guy that's probably going to need the ball in his hands. And I think that's okay for this Boston Celtics team. I think he's a very good facilitator. And so I'm excited. What I am not excited for is that these betting player props, I am absolutely off of the Celtics team as a whole. I'm just not betting on any of them at all. It's just that I just could see, you know, Malcolm Brogdon getting hot and then Marcus Smart goes to the bench or someone. And it just makes no sense. So I'm out on that team. Another team that I might be out on as a whole the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal's going back to the Wiz. And what do we do here? I mean, I don't necessarily think this was a surprise to many people. I mean, some people were seeing, oh, he's opting out his contract in the test free agency. And then the Wizards walked over, like, hey, here's here's 250 mil. You want it? And he's like, oh, I'll bet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, Bram's brother, I, I can't blame him. I'd go out there and say, you know what? I guess I'll live in Washington, D.C. and sign my $240 million contract, get you know, massive extension. I can't blame him. And uh, what are your thoughts on this trade? Or not this trade, but this this signing. Yeah, signing. no, no, no. This this sign this signing p- kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> I I I have to be honest with you. Like I I was in you know Bradley Beal, former Florida Gator, by the way, lo- love him. But I, I I was like, man, if you just wanted to be paid, just say so. Like, yeah, a quarter of a of a billion dollars, you know, that contract's worth. When you look at it that way, what 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 honest you know man says no to that. But at, at the same point, you have to you have to ask yourself, well, all these years we've been feeling brad, bad for Bradley Beal. Like, oh, get 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 Bradley Beal some help, right? It's just it's just the Bradley Beal show in Washington, DC. Well, yeah, when he's being paid that, now it kind of is. And now that's kind of how he wants it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Carmelo Anthony with the Knicks, right? He just wanted to stay with the Knicks and get paid. He he didn't care about how mediocre or average they, of a team they were. Well, Bradley Beal, that's kind of what you what you got cut out for you in Washington, D.C. I hope you find a nice nicer house than, than what you have with, with all that extra cash laying around. Because, you know, clear, clearly – that's what matters to you. And look, these are professional athletes. These are humans at the end of the day. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, rob someone of the moment and say, dude, you know, that, that, that's your money. Go get it. Right. You've earned it. Right. But at the same time, you got to remember these, this is about legacies. This is about how are you remembered? And I think Bradley Beal is going to be remembered more in the Carmelo Anthony paper chaser kind of role. I, I think you're being a little harsh on Mr. Beal. I, I mean, he's a fellow Gator. I don't know how you could absolutely just roast him to shreds like that. I mean, we think about Bradley Beal and we think about those guys, and this is even something that we could take into a farther stance. I mean, would you rather Bradley Beal stay in Washington, try to build, and you know, if he doesn't win an NBA Finals, doesn't and you know, doesn't advance all the way that far, he can at least go to sleep at night, you know, knowing he tried his best for the Washington Wizards, the team that took a chance on him in the first round of their in their draft. Or he could go ring chasing, go wherever you know that it seems the easiest to go win a ring. He'd still get his paid and win his get his money, maybe not as much, but I think it takes shows a lot of credit and loyalty to Bradley Beal. And I think this is the right move for him. Now, could he go out there? See, there's two different sides of the spectrum here. Bradley Beal could go out, chase a ring, 
and keep losing repetitively, repetitively. And then he looks even worse than if he were to just stay in Washington, lose, but lose with a little bit of dignity, you know, kind of thing. And like he's tried, he's tried his hardest. He's beloved by the city. He's tried constantly. He's averaged 25 points per game for 18 years in his career, which Bradley Beal could easily do that. It's the guy that's averaged 30 points per game in a season before. And I don't think this Wizards roster is as bad as people might give them credit for. This team had a ton of injuries last year. Will they win the NBA Finals next year? No. And I'd be willing to shake someone's hand on that unless they trade. I don't know what – I don't even think they can make any trades to make it happen to win the Finals. But I do think this team has some talent to maybe make the play-in game, and I think that's fine for Wizards owners, fine for Bradley Beal. I don't think they necessarily need – you know, they want to win a championship, but I think making it back to the the playoffs would be good for them. They still got Chris Stops. I love Chris Stops. I should have my jersey somewhere. They got Kuzma. They went and traded Final Kuzma. You're probably laughing, but they got KCP. They got some ish. I know they traded Ish Smith, but they have some pieces there that I think do fit. And I think this team is going to be better than people think they will be. You you, you forgot to mention Denny Advia, um, but <laughs> he deserves more no, playing time. I'd argue. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Look. I you you kind of swayed me. You pulled me back to your side a little bit. That's so you you had a good argument. I must admit because I value loyalty so much in today's NBA. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting to me how these players you know take teams hostage, right? And 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 whatever their will. The only thing about the whole you know sticking in loyalty, like that's great and all. They sticking in in the nation's capital, but. I just don't want the whole narrative that that he's that's kind of been peddled of oh well you know the the Wizards have to get Bradley Beal some help or like oh Bradley Beal's just so frustrated with losing and he's just so beat up well I mean this is kind of like what you what you signed up for right so that's all that I'm asking like I I get it and I love that he that he's sticking with with the team that that he's been with this whole time but I don't know I just don't want to hear that narrative again yeah, and I don't really think we will. Hopefully, we don't hear that narrative. I mean, I could see why people could get there, but I think he'll have more help this year than he. I mean, you could think he's had other help in his in the past, you know, with John Walls and Russell Westbrook two years ago. But I think he's got a decent supporting cast that could that could score some points around him. But I will be interested to see exactly what lineups are trotting out there because Bradley Beal could be back to averaging thirty points per game again next season. But let's talk about a guy that could average thirty points per game this season: Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks. Man, oh man, big in a slash. My New York Knicks, I got my pennant behind me. Logan, lay it on me, man. Are we going to win the NBA Finals this year, baby? I'm ready to hop out. Talk it, talking about uh, moves that move the needle, this went <laughs> just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Did they, did, did the Knicks did the Knicks upgrade their point guard position signing Jalen Brunson? Sure, absolutely. It, it Did Jalen Brunson, you know, working hard, you know, what, what he did with the Dallas Mavericks, did he earn this this big contract? Yes. I love when, when you know, NBA players work their way up to these, these big deals. It's great. But at the end of the day, really, Jalen Brunson, this is the, the exact type of overpaid average player that the Knicks always go go chasing right they 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 shoot for the stars and they land on the Jalen Brunsons like I'm I'm sorry like that's that's the exact type of player that the Knicks need to to continue to be in that cycle of mediocrity and it's just I don't know man it's to me it's got to be frustrating as a Knicks fan maybe you're going to put on a a, on a positive optimistic note but I, I just don't see it I, you know, when, when the reports were circling that we were going to target and put the house on Jalen Brunson, I didn't love it at first. And we're going to get also the NBA didn't love it either because we're going to get fined for tampering. So I love that. But, you know, <laughs> either way, who the hell cares? What I do like, though, for this trade or not for this signing, the Knicks are at least going out there and spending their money. This is a team in the Knicks that has repetitively just 
you know, not done anything with their money, missed out on prize free agents. It's the team that has struggled to get those stars. And well, is Jalen Brunson a star? Is he ever made an all-star team? No, but he is a winning player. And that's something the Knicks need. They need to build that winning culture. We don't see teams like, you know, you don't see teams that are bad for, you know, five years randomly snap. They're randomly really good. They go out and get all these nice free agents. They get all the biggest guys come to their team. It doesn't happen. You could even go back to, you know, the Miami Heat days when they signed LeBron and Chris Bosh, that was still a reputable team well before that. They had a winning culture. That's why they wanted to go to Miami. Obviously, they probably wanted some perks in Miami, living in Miami. Can't blame them. But you also think about the Brooklyn Nets. They were they were good. They were turned around their franchise with Kenny Atkinson, D'Angelo Russell, turned it around, went and signed Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. This was a team that had made the playoffs before. And I think that's what the Knicks are looking for. I'm not thinking the Knicks are going to win the NBA Finals. They're not even going to be a top four or five seed. They might be maybe six, seven, or eight seed. But this is going to make move the needle in terms of them winning more games. And Jalen Brunson, a proven winner, obviously at Villanova, obviously throughout his career in the NBA, been a very good second kind of hand to that Luka Doncic role. And will he play a little bit more point guard? I think that will be good for him. And I think the Knicks do need, obviously, a point guard. I don't really think we have that on the roster at the moment, at least, you know, a starting guy that can actually facilitate and get the ball to the, in the right spots for the players. But I'm excited to see this left-handed lineup, although I would like to see Julius Randle move. So you can see Obi Toppin played a little bit more. But I do think this is a good trade for the Knicks five years wise. But, I, you know, it might not be, you know, whatever Knicks fantasy is to get Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, just and then we'll swap teams with you, Brooklyn. That's not ever going to happen with the New York Knicks. But I do think this trade moves them in a better direction in five to ten years where we're like, you know what, Jalen Brunson actually was a wealthy acquisition. Maybe we we'll trade him for something in a couple of years that's worth a lot more. But I do have to say shout out to Jalen Brunson on my long spiel. Jalen Brunson could have re-signed for like four years, $55 million in the middle of the season. That man just said, no, nah. well, he actually just didn't sign it and just kept playing. He doubled that. So shout out to him. Secured a big payday. Go out and go crazy in Manhattan. Yeah, no, for real. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. I love when players bet on themselves and and earn that payday, right? He, he definitely did earn it. I, I I mean, your whole spiel about the New York Knicks was cute and all, but it, it, that, the whole narrative of that franchise is they just can't get the big the big fish – you know, to, to they, they have to overpay the middle tier type players, right? They have to they have to have the, the Evan Fournier's on the roster. They have to have the Julius Randle. Obviously, uh, to me, paying a lot more than Julius Randle's worth. That's what I'm saying, and that's to me, that's super frustrating, right? If you're a big market team like the New York Knicks, you should be able to lure those KDs, those Kyries. Like you shoot for the Kyrie, KD Kyrie. And you land on the Jalen Brunson. That's all I'm saying. Like it, that that has to hurt. I know you've you spun it, you know, to be as as positive as you possibly can be, but that does still hurt. Yeah, but I think Knicks fans are perfectly happy with being competitive. This is a Knicks fan base that has not been competitive for more or less the last two decades, for my whole life. And I'm 25 years old. This is Knicks franchise that is not really. I could count the number of good seasons we've had on my on just one hand, and it's probably not going to take up all five fingers. So I think the Knicks getting back to playoff contention like they were, you know, two years ago when they were in the playoffs, they obviously went up against Trey Young and the Hawks. You know, ended up losing in, I think, five or six games. This was a series. That was a year that the Knicks fans were like, had a little bit of hope. I think that hope was kind of taken from us last year because people thought that Knicks team was good. And I didn't really think the Knicks team was all that good last year. But I do think this is just a fun trade. And, you know, it's, it's a fun signing. Will it make a big difference? Maybe not at the end of the day. But I do think at least they're spending their money. And whether or not we overpay a guy, you'd rather – Overpay a you know a better player than you know just kind of sit back and just let who knows what happens. I don't need we don't need to talk about the Knicks anymore. The Knicks are the Knicks are who they are. We'll see exactly what they do this year. I haven't checked their win total over under, but it's going over. 
Okay. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Let's move on into some underrated signings. Signings that people should have been looking out for, should have been, you know, like hyping up as big as maybe the moves we've been talking about. But I'm going to let you, Logan, start because I got two. I'm curious what your biggest signing was, your most underrated one. This this signing is is pretty dang underrated, but it happened right here in the city of Philadelphia, right? I think P.J. Tucker to the 76ers was extremely underrated. A, a 3 and D guy like P.J. Tucker is truly so underrated in, in today's NBA, right? That's that's the championship piece that a lot of a lot of teams are looking for. They're they're the the Sixers. I really do like what they're doing with the, with the you know whole perimeter defenders, the three and D type things. That's their archetype of of that team and you know surrounded with Joel Embiid and and Harden and everything. I love the signing of PJ Tucker, a seasoned veteran that that can definitely take some of those young wing, wing players under his wing. So many wings. Uh but he can definitely he, he can definitely, you know, be that locker room presence that I, I think honestly this the Sixers team needs. I mean, is there he he definitely makes the top 5 scrappiest you know, guys in the in the NBA for sure, and I'd argue that's exactly what the Sixers need. They need some of that grit and and and, and scrappiness. Because how many times did I see bad body language from from Joel Embiid or James Harden? Right, just kind of hands on the hips, kind of pouting away. Like PJ Tucker would ground by the jersey, be like, "Come on, you know, get get your head in the game. Yeah, you, let's let's fight right now." Like, come on, PJ Tucker is is an extreme energy guy. He's he brings toughness to the, to this team and i mean he embodies everything that the, the the city of philadelphia loves they're gonna he's gonna be a fan favorite for sure from day one. Oh, absolutely i'm excited to see him in the him in the wells fargo center and the the crowd going crazy with his antics and i i can't yeah. disagree with you i think this is a very good signing for the sixers a team that you know lead, needs that backbone needs that team and your guy that will just go rough you up if, if you start messing around with Joel and be or maybe trying to bully him that's not going to fly with pj tucker you have to say shout out pj tucker the man's 37 year old, years old and just secured a three years 30 million dollar deal like that's inspirational it's the guy that you know had to play overseas for some part of his career because he just didn't you know fit a role and he's just absolutely turned around his career he's beloved by a lot of nba fans for how hard he goes on the court and so really love it for pj tucker i love it for the sixers i'm curious i don't necessarily think the sixers roster right now today's day and age is a championship level roster that can make the finals but I don't know if they're really done making moves. I personally wouldn't be surprised to see Mitzi Steibel on the move. I don't really know. Steibel feels like a guy that has not improved how the Sixers would have hoped he would have improved. He's still a good defensive player, liability on offense. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him moved and maybe we see some other moving pieces. Tobias Harris could be a guy that's moved. I don't really know. I don't. I, with the signing of P.J. Tucker, I see Tobias Harris as a guy that they could try to move to try to upgrade the roster. Don't necessarily know if that happens. It's still a good team. It's still be top three seed, top four seed. But I really do like the signing. Now I'm going to go to two teams. One that we already talked about, one that we haven't. Kyle Anderson, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think slow-mo, as you love slow-mo. Um, and I'll let you comment on him before I get to my second one. But I think slow-mo is more, one of the more underrated players. And I really like the signing. I think the Grizzlies are going to miss him a lot. They went out and got David Roddy out of New Mexico State, which is very similar, not similar build to Kyle Anderson, but both pretty slow players, but unrelated. Kyle Anderson, what I like he brings to this team is he's going to probably going to be, I don't know if he's going to start or come off the bench. I'd honestly prefer him to come off the bench because you think about this uh, Timberwolves team, they really struggled 
closing out games and making decision-making as the end of the games came. And I really like Kyle Anderson in that role, you know, a guy that can not necessarily, you know, he probably shoot 35, 40% from three. So he can knock down some threes in the corner. This is a guy that you can kick it to, and he's going to make the right decision, whether that's, you know, driving in and lobbing it up to Rudy Gobert or doing something, kicking it out to another guy for an open, an open or a three-pointer. I really do like this sign and signing for Minnesota. I think the Grizzlies are going to miss him a lot this year. And it's just, you're starting to see pieces moving away from the Grizzlies. You know, the Grizzlies are this team that, Everyone loves about John Moran, and everyone loves this team. Now, now they're down Jaron Jackson Jr. four to six months. So they ship DeAnthony Melton. We didn't even talk about him for the Sixers. I think he's very underrated. Now they lost to Kyle Anderson. I think the Grizzlies might take a big step back next year while everyone's kind of expecting them to take a big step forward. And before I let you comment on Kyle Anderson, it goes back to a note that, you know, uh, De- or Draymond Green was talking about on, like, they had a collaboration between J.J. Reddick's podcast and Draymond Green's podcast. And Draymond said – Grizzlies had a great year, but now they're going to experience some pains of being a team that's actually targeted. And last year, they caught everyone off guard. Everyone was just like, oh, it's just the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, we're pull out, pile through them. This year, people are going to know, dang, this is a good team. we got to bring our A game. I think that's where we're going to see this Grizzlies take a step back this year. I still love John Morant. He could win the MVP for all I care. But I think they're going to take a step back this year. But what do you think about Kyle Anderson? I know you love you some slow-mo. You you know I love I love some slow mo slow mo is one of my uh, more fun meme players to watch for sure he's definitely he like like I like you kind of mentioned for all your points he's he's one of those guys that adds tremendous depth I kind of do hope they they play him with the second unit a lot because as you mentioned a, a team like the Timberwolves that struggles to close out games I mean I I want I want those those starters as fresh as possible and slow mo. That Kyle Anderson definitely gives them that that off the bench potential presence that that he could you know give them some maybe a quality six man candidate right like I I love I love what what he's gonna do for that Timberwolves bench I believe when the when the wheel spun around when we were doing our wheel episode I think we kind of mentioned that we that the Timberwolves need some more uh, depth depth at their bench and I I mean Kyle Anderson adds that they want it's it's a good signing for sure yeah I mean they needed depth and then they got rid of all their depth by trading everyone and the, all their yeah. first round picks. But they did keep Jaden McDaniels, a big uh, defensive guy, so that'll be big for him. I don't really – yeah, I could see Kylan. I don't really know their whole lineup. Obviously, they're going to start D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns. So they need a two or three to start. I don't really know who they're going to start. I would imagine they start a guard and not a guy like Kyle Anderson. You don't want all of that size out on the court, in my opinion. But one of my other bigger rated si- underrated signings, and I really want to talk about this team, Bruce Brown to the Denver Nuggets. And look, I've not been a guy that's been a big fan of Bruce Brown. You won't be if you go back and watch my NBA Player Props video. More often you saw us take his under than his overs. But what I like for Bruce Brown, this is a guy that goes out there and competes. And this is the guy that's going to bring a lot of that defensive competitiveness to this Denver Nuggets bench. We think about the Nuggets, team that, knock on wood, should be getting back Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Two top, what, 50, 75 players in the NBA. One healthy, two guys that can put the ball in the basket. Two guys that aren't necessarily the best defenders in the league. So I like Bruce Brown, a guy that if the ball's rolling on the ground, you best believe Bruce Brown's jumping on it. And what I like for this even more, they do not need Bruce Brown to go out there and score a single point. And with Brooklyn, Bruce Brown apparently got the green light to go out and try to score 15 points. That No, he should get no green light. Red light, Bruce Brown, no shooting. You stay on defense. Let Nikolai Jokic the two-time reigning MVP, let Jamal Murray, let Michael Porter Jr. go put the ball in the basket. But I really like this lineup because you could think about, you know, they got rid of Will Barton, which I don't argue. People might in Denver might be like, oh, Will Barton was so good. I think Will Barton may be a little bit overrated. And you could think about a five-man closing rotation between, you know, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, I know you love you some AG, Nikolai Jokic. I really like that. I think that's a sleeper team. 
the, I, I, lo I love Bruce Brown too. I love, I love all those scrappy Nets guys, right? The, the bubble Nets in, in my head still, still have a special place in my heart. The, um, <laughs> Timothy Huawei Cabarros, the TLCs uh, of the world. Yeah, TLCs. So, like, if you know, you know, bubble basketball to me was like peak NBA. I, I still, I, I still love to go back to those times when that's what we had. But I mean, Bruce Brown embodies the the toughness and defense, as as you mentioned. I, I look at that that Nuggets team of of a lot of softies, right? They're like, not saying Jokic is a softie a little bit, but I, I think Aaron Gordon is definitely a softie. As a Magic fan, I I never looked at Aaron Gordon's like that's a lockdown, you know, dive on the ball type type guy no he's not right you definitely need in today's nba you you need those those lockdown you know players and and i i definitely i love what what bruce brown brings to them it it, it doesn't hurt when you already have scores to have you know that that defensive anchor and i think he brings them he, he brings them tremendous talent yeah i think that's what he brings them and they don't need scoring coming off the bench if that's where they brought him they already got bones island down there and you don't need no scoring. Yeah. Bones. Bones. <laughs> Got to give Bones a name drop. But I think that's a big trade. I think the Nuggets are going to be one of those teams I'm really looking forward to watching when the NBA season starts. Yeah. It's a team that obviously they were the Nikola, they were the Denver Nikola Jokic's last season. He had to do everything for him. And I'm excited to see. I mean, I forget. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, everyone kind of criticized bubble basketball, but. People said bubble basketball was the most real basketball we've ever seen. And I think that's kind of true. I mean, there was no distractions, really. It was just pure basketball, pure. I mean, we saw Jamal Murray putting up crazy numbers. Donovan Mitchell putting up crazy numbers. And the bubble basketball was fun. I miss that. I don't necessarily miss that day and age in the NBA, but that was just a fun part to be alive and, you know, to live through. That was actually pre-calling our shop before, before we even started doing videos. I can't imagine doing videos for bubble basketball. That'd be insane. But we're looking forward to that Nuggets team. Now, I want to wrap up this podcast talking about four different guys that we kind of already talked about. Now, one on a more somber note, three guys on, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. Miles Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Kyrie Irving, and uh, Kevin Durant. I'll kind of get get the Miles Bridges out of the way. I don't really know what to do. What What is it? I'm not going to be the – this call on a shot's not going to be a political show, but what has happened in the news and the reports and all the, you know, the news stuff, just it's sad for Miles Bridges, sad for everyone involved the whole families, all of that. And so I'm hoping he gets the help that he deserves and, and everyone gets the help in the right places. It, it's unfortunate what happened. And I don't want to go into it. It's, we're not really sure about Miles Bridges' future. So, you know, it was a once guy maybe two weeks ago, two weeks ago filming the podcast where it said Miles Bridges signed a max contract. Now I don't think those days are, I think those days are past us. So we'll see what happens with his future in the NBA. But let's on a more brighter note, talk about two guys in Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then obviously DeAndre Logan, what are your thoughts on Irving and Durant? Because I think, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Just because we don't know what's going to happen with either of these two guys. First of all, first of all, I just kind of sat here and thought about an interesting thing. Wouldn't it be really interesting if Kevin Durant went to the Sixers? Wouldn't it just be interesting? I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, if there's a way to make that happen, I, I think that would be really cool. I think that's a really cool fit. I know, I know. There's reports that he might go to Phoenix. Phoenix is like, you know, they, they're, they have some untouchables that clearly Brooklyn wants for for Kevin Durant. That makes a whole lot of sense. Miami potentially on there, but I think you and I were talking about who's Miami going to give uh, for, for Kevin Durant, right? Like, I'm sorry, like the Tyler heroes of the world, the Duncan Robinson of the world, like that, that just doesn't, that, 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 that feels like a ripoff, right? They're fleecing themselves if they were to trade him to Miami. So it's, it's really interesting. Kevin Durant, find a way to Philadelphia and you'd be, you'd be the Eastern conference powerhouse, I guess that you want to be, but Kyrie Irving is also one I want to talk about because there were reports 
that he's kind of like trying to force his way to LA. Of course, LeBron, led GM, is like, yeah, come on, come on, uh, Kyrie, you know, let's reunite that. And what did I say? If there's a way for Kyrie to be in the purple and gold, I mean, that's must see basketball. Like, I, I don't care, you know, Paul, you know, his off the court stuff aside. That would be fun as heck, like to watch in the NBA. Him reunited with LeBron because that 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 2016 Cavs team was was fun. It was fun. It was box office basketball, and I mean, it is probably what they're trying to construct in LA, right? They want to they want a product that's good, you know, on the court, but they also want to sell those dang tickets as they always do uh, in the what? Not Staples Center anymore. What's Crypto. it called now? Com, arena. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, you know, I honestly, I know Durant and maybe this backfires. I don't think Durant's going to Phoenix. I think they're asking price for Devin Booker too much. And I don't think the guys like Macau Bridges and whatnot are going to cut it. What I do think as two potential destinations, I do like the Sixers. We'll talk about them in a second. I think the Raptors are an interesting one. And they've kind of soared up in rankings because the Raptors do have a lot of first round picks. They do have talent that maybe Brooklyn wants to do. If they want to do a full reset, go for some young guys. They have those guys and like Scotty Barnes and whatnot. And maybe OG and Anobis of the world. But I think the Sixers honestly have a pretty decent package. Uh, pause. <laughs> but I think the Sixers have have a good enough trade package to give off to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, is it going to win you a finals? Uh, probably not. But they have Tobias Harris. Tyrus Maxey, a, very, a guy that went from, you know, who knows where he was, you know, pre this year. Really elevated his game this year. They have Matisse Thibel, a guy that's very you know, known for being a great defender. And I'm sure they got a bunch of first-round picks and whatnot to throw out there. So I think the Sixers are an interesting one. I think the Raptors are interesting. We've seen Masai Ujiri of the Raptors, their GM, make those big moves. A guy named Kawhi Leonard just a couple years ago, and it worked out well. So we're not be surprised to see the Raptors, you know, maybe try to be aggressive and do that sort of move again. Given they did that all for just one year of Kawhi Leonard. They know they took that risk. This time they got four years of Kevin Durant locked in. So I think those two teams are going to be interesting. I think those teams, Durant will decide what happens to the next two guys in Irving and Aiton. Now, Irving Irving for Russell Westbrook straight up would be the, one of the more ironic trades. These are two, two of the most criticized people in NBA media. And I just don't know what team. I, Lakers fans have to do a full step back on Kyrie Irving. Almost everyone, like wherever Kyrie Irving goes, everyone's just been hating on him. And then whoever gets him is going to be like, no, we love Kyrie Irving. He's, he's a great, great basketball. It's just going to be weird to see and, I don't really know what to do with Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't necessarily think Russell Westbrook is as bad as the media made it seem. And Kyrie Irving comes with a lot of off-the-court baggage that you have to deal with and what he, his shenanigans. But we know he's one of the best basketball players to touch. You know, once the ball gets in his hands, everyone's going to want to watch and turn on their cameras and watch. So I love, just from a basketball sense standpoint, I love to see Kyrie Irving back in the purple and gold. I think that will be an awesome product. And then maybe we'll see what happens with Russell Westbrook. Firstly, I just think it's the Lakers pipe dream, and I don't see it happening. Well, I mean, look, I I know it might be a long shot, but I'm, if I know anything about LeBron, he usually gets his way, right? And and if and he, if he's like, I don't care what you have to do, make it happen. You know, Kyrie, it, it seems like Kyrie is one of those players that has no problem taking franchises, you know, putting a gun to their head and saying, hey, you know, trade me to LA or or else, like, right? Like Kyrie is 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 really disgruntled. That's what I I you know, you and I have kind of talked about privately. I hate the influence that these NBA stars have over their teams. It really puts the the team in a bad position. But I mean, if, if the Lakers don't give up a whole lot for, for Kyrie, if it were to just be like you said, a, a swap, I mean, hell I'll, I'll do it right now. Right. You, you have to. Yeah. I don't know what's holding up the deal. If it's only Russell Westbrook and two first round picks, I don't really know what's holding up the deal. Cause this is, Le, you know, LeBron James, who's a free agent after this year. So you're obviously in must win mode. And, I think getting a guy like Russell Westbrook, a guy like Kyrie Irving, some guy that obviously he's won before with, 
it's going to be big for him. And so I really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this. Could we get some news in the next 14 hours before the podcast goes live? Potentially, but I don't really see it happening. This is going to be an interesting time. And then the last guy I want to talk about, DeAndre Ayton. I think Ayton's just sitting back at home, just being like, I don't know what the heck's happening. He doesn't have, he hardly has a market at the moment because everyone's just been looking at, you know, you know, Irving and Durant and been like, well, we kind of have to wait to see what happens here. So I could see DeAndre Ayton get the short end of a stick in the free agency. I don't know exactly how much money's left out there for teams, but I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I hope he, I, I like DeAndre Ayton. I've always been a guy that's, Taking his unders, not because of talent, but because of how the Suns used him and how sometimes he didn't really give it his all on the court. I'm hopeful that he gets a new place. I'd honestly love to see him like in a Magic uniform. It would never happen because Magic got Mo Bamba and I don't need him. But uh, <laughs> that was a joke. But kind of, I he gave me very like Dwight Howard, you know, pre Dwight, you know, Dwight Howard great days. It gives me those vibes if he was engaged all the time on both sides of the court. Problem is, he's not always that, and he hasn't been given that opportunity. Ooh, I mean, how, how dare you compare DeAndre to Superman? Because peak Dwight Howard, you know, in the 2010s, 2012 ish era, that was, he, he was, he was a top five in the game, you know, as position. DeAndre Ayton has never been a top five, you know, center in the league. And I mean, yeah, I agree. he's never been given that opportunity. This is the guy that has all the talent in the world, in my opinion. He shoots over 60% from the field, much better jump shot than Dwight Howard will ever have in his whole life. It's yeah. just, he just, I mean, we know Dwight. I, I love Dwight. We obviously grew up in Orlando. So we got to watch those prime Dwight days when he was just blocking everyone's shot, going up and catching alley-oops from Jameer Nelson and, you know, Turk Lou. It was iconic. We love Dwight. Not No knock on Dwight. I just think DeAndre Ayton had so much potential in him that hasn't been tapped into because of the Suns and how they have Devin Booker and you know, they have uh, Chris Paul. He just doesn't get the ball enough. And I think a change of scenery. I don't know. It's probably not in Detroit, which was where he was rumored originally. And then they drafted a center. I don't know what happens with DeAndre. And I, I just, I'm not comparing him to this guy, but a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, you know, a guy that obviously suffered some injuries, different kind of career path, but never kind of, never really found a path. And then kind of just, I, I don't know. I don't know. What to, DeAndre is such a weird guy to really project his NBA career. I don't know what to tell you what happens with DeAndre in over the next 10 years of his career. I think he's going to be a very good player. I just don't know what, where his, where his career takes him. Weirdly enough, as you were kind of like, you know, thinking through all that, I I think it would be best for him to to kind of go to a, a bad team or a team that's not there yet and and to be able to be the guy, right? When he was on the Suns, it felt like there was a lot of pressure on him, right? The lights were the brightest, the Suns were in, in compete now, win now mode. And I'm I'm sorry, DeAndre Ayton just came up, you know, small in, in a lot of those moments. For him to be the guy in a in a market like Orlando, I I agree with you. I think that would actually fit him well because he could just come out and 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 know that, hey, you know, I got to put the team on my back. I got to work hard. I got I'm, I'm now more, more of the face of the franchise. I agree with you. I, I think that's more, more his, his. I don't think he's the missing piece that a championship team is looking for right now. Like, yeah, you know, we need DeAndre. And I actually think that that role would fit him poorly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, while you say that, I'm trying to think of teams that you know, could use that center kind of thing. And I'm looking at the, you know, the, the lineups and there's really not a whole lot of teams out there. I mean, you talk about the Hornets, a team that could probably use a center, but they don't really have the cap space. You know, maybe they do with the, you know, with Miles Bridges whole situation, maybe the Hornets come into play for a guy like DeAndre. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. That would be honestly in my pipe dream of Austin, where's DeAndre and go. I would love the Charlotte Hornets. I will absolutely love that fit for him. I don't think it happens just because the money, I, I don't think the money adds up and Mellow ball getting this extension soon. I don't think it adds up, but DeAndre into the Hornets. Maybe that happens in the next week before next week's podcast. But 
don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, I really just coming up with that, looking at this. I really like DeAndre into the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I mean DeAndre into the Hornets would would make sense if it if it could make it makes sense basketball wise. Could it, does it make sense financially front office wise? I'm not sure. Like like you said, uh, but I mean that's that that would that would be a great spot for him. A team that's on the come up like the Charlotte Hornets that have a lot of young talent around him. He just he has to go to a team where where they're not going have NBA Finals expectations. To me, that's just the best fit for him, right? Yeah. Because I look at him and I'm just like he's got some he's 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 just very talented. He just needs to polish up his game, and and you and I have always talked about it. The effort's questionable, but if he's playing around a lot of young players and 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 being being in a locker room where he's more of looked upon as the leader, I I just think that would benefit him most as a player. Yeah, he needs a place where he can get 15 field goal attempts consistently, and yeah. then Phoenix can get four, and it's not no one bats an eye when they see oh, I mean, three for four field. No one, no one says, oh, why didn't we get him more shots? That's just how it goes in Phoenix. So I'm um, hopefully gets moved. Don't know what happens. Maybe he's moved in this, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Sec- I, I, who knows what happens? But I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Any final thoughts for the people, Logan? No, it's it's been great. This this NBA free agency, the, there's there's a lot still unsettled, but it's it's been exciting so far. Yeah, we'll have to talk again about it in maybe next week, maybe in a couple of weeks. We'll see exactly what goes down. We also want to talk about MLB potentially next week as free uh, it's, uh, all-star break comes around. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. Episode 41 of the Call on Our Shop podcast. Logan and Austin, we'll be back again next week. Flying those flags, hopefully again. We appreciate you guys as always. Austin, Logan, we'll catch you.